guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Liberty Diner Dish. I'm Ken. I'm Michelle. And we're about to jump right into another episode of Queer as Folk. We are about to do that, you just said. <laughs> um, All but, of that. Yes, before we do it, we two things. We want to give a shout out to Brianne, uh, who is one of our listeners, and just a huge support and a very positive person like whoop, whoop. yeah it's always nice to get little little comments like that and just get small moments of sunshine during our week absolutely so, thank you Brianne. thank you so much Brianne. <laughs> we love it thank you for your um kind words thank yeah. you thank you thank you and the other thing is we wanted to remind you guys that you still have about two weeks to get us so we're in may of 2021 <laughs> so you have about two weeks to get us more questions for our mailbag episode. We've already received some, and they are really fun. I can't wait to go through those with Ken. Exactly. You know, because she's keeping them from me like she does everything else, <laughs> you know. So get the we questions. We're all about secrets and lies over I here. see. I see. <laughs> get the questions locked and loaded, guys. We are dying to hear what you got to say, and uh, we can't wait to answer them. So, for sure, send, send, send. All right. Well, until then, we are going to jump into episode 212. I'm ready. Let's get it. And let me just tell you, the people could not wait for you to provide your comments on this episode. So do not let them down. Trust me. The heat is on. Let it be on because this episode was fire. Okay. Yeah. We are ready. So we start out this episode at Babylon, and there is a theme tonight. There are the showers and water everywhere. Theme is sopping wet, okay? Yeah. <laughs> they um, are getting soaking wet. I knew this episode was going to be fire from the moment the episode started. When I saw all that water and those hot bodies, I just, ooh, I was like, okay, where <laughs> yeah. is my ticket? Why we're we not at Babylon tomorrow? I know, we have got to go to Babylon. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> It was. I wonder what the cover is at Babylon. You know what? I, I bet if you good looking, you get in for free. That's you know? probably true. Yeah. Or they might have like a twink night or a beer yeah, night. Yeah, they whatever. have that. Yeah. Uh, and they have before eleven, you get in. You know what I'm saying? Da 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 da. Before midnight. I wonder if they do the like code word thing because there was one here that does the code word. Yeah. Thing, right. Uh, it is. It is. There's like two of them here that does a code word, which is very fun. But you gotta always be in the know. But yeah. the way our boys <laughs> always at Babylon, they better be creating the code words. Yeah. You know, like God, they live in Bab. Yeah. Uh, you know, I like how they kind of rotate playgrounds with the intros for the episodes. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we're at Babylon, sometimes we're at the diner or at the loft or at the girls or at Debbie's. What is uh? What's one of your like favorite? My favorite is always Babylon. You know, I love the skin. <laughs> That's my favorite. You know, I love the skin. Anything to do with the skin, I'm here for it. Okay. Yeah. If it's got skin, you are in. Yeah, a skin. I'm in, girl. Skin. I'm in. So I always love the Babylon scenes. They do. They never disappoint. Yeah. Ever. And the music is always fire. Yeah. Like the music is popping. The energy be lit. I was thinking watching this episode, like, damn, if I had some money and I had a club, I want it just like that. I want water faucets falling all day long. You know. Yeah. They had a choreographed routine with nothing but sexy men and some bad female. Whoever she yeah. was, she was everything. Leading the pack. I was, I was like, I gotta have that. You know, like, <laughs> that's what I like. Where, yeah. What's yours? I'm gonna go with the diner, but not just because it's our namesake, but because <laughs> it's a symbol of uh, a place where everybody belongs mm-hmm. and you're not a stranger there unless you want to be. Mm-hmm. And I know Babylon kind of has that vibe, but it's like, it's dark and there's drinks and, and it's know, clicky too. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so but at at the diner, you know, just like anybody's welcome there, and right. so I just I really like that. I mean, I love them all, but that's one of my true. favorites. True, 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 true. I can agree. But yeah, even though we're familiar with all of these places, these playgrounds that they have, 
I always find myself wondering at before an episode starts, like, which one are we going to be at this time? <laughs> right. And what shenanigans are they going to be up to wherever we are? Because, you know, they always bring the shenanigans, girl. They will always <laughs> forever bring the shenanigans. So we start out with Ben and Michael on the dance floor. And I think that Ben is incapable of dancing unless his shirt is off. Girl, I'm like, mm. <laughs> I think it's just like. <laughs> I told you, I said, Ben is fine as hell. That was the first words I said about the episode. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Ben is everything to me. He doesn't need a shirt on. Show that body. The boy abs are like rocks. Like, oh, my God. And, Michael, you got that. You go ahead, Michael. I'm proud of you. Very proud and of he's you. just so comfortable with it. I mean, he, like, walks in the door, like, oh, shirt off, dancing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just Get so it. automatic. And, you know, Michael's just doing his little normal little, his little, little bop. Bounce, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but this time, Michael is trying to add some dirty talk to his little dance move. <laughs> I love that. That scene was so cute to me because this is one of those moments where Michael reminds me of me. Um, I, yes, I live in my, my fantasy fantasy land when it comes to me looking at people, but clearly, you know me, I'm shy. I don't ever go out. <laughs> and, and well, clearly, I got a man anyway. But I don't. You, you know, don't need to go out. Yeah, but I I didn't approach him. You know, like yeah. I'm shy like that. You know, and he came to me. But the way Michael was trying to step into this role play, mm-hmm. and and then he immediately gets really really shy. Yeah. I, I mean, that was just the cutest thing. And I was like, oh, they're really like making this whole couple thing work. Mm-hmm. Like it's coming together. Like it looks like they're really in love. Yeah, and even Ben, like, he doesn't make fun of him for it. You know, he just kind of picks up where Michael dropped off, and he says, well, don't talk about it, be about it, basically. Exactly, because we all know Michael's corny cute, you know? (laughs) He's corny cute where everybody else, Michael still reminds me of, like, a a teen, you know? Mm -hmm. He reminds me, like, he's, like, on a Justin's level, although Justin is more, like, on a Brian level, you know? (laughs) Uh, Michael is not, he hasn't made it all the way to adulthood yeah. yet, you know? So no. seeing him is a little childlike, a little kiddish, you know? Where you listen to Ben, and Ben is like, you know, be about it, you know? You know what, matter of fact? We're not going to role play. Let's just leave here. Let's go fuck. You yeah. know, like, straight to the point. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's go. Down to business. Yep, got him. So Michael, well, before they can do that, Michael gets a glimpse of someone out of the corner of his eyes, like, Brian! And hops over like a schoolgirl. Yeah. Literally hopped over like a schoolgirl. Yeah, Brian has been gone for like two seconds, and Michael runs up to him. And You're back. Hugs him. Yeah, like he's been deployed yeah. for two years. I know. <laughs> oh my God, when did you get back? Yeah. Bro, if you don't get your little thirst yet, your man is standing right next to you, Michael. Right. I okay. know. And y'all were like, y'all were in the middle of something or at the start of something. And then, yeah. Was he leaving. Sees, yeah. He sees Brian and runs right over there. Look thirsty, girl. And so Brian is back from Miami because he went to the white party. And y'all know how we felt about that. Thank mm. you to those who responded with your thoughts on uh, that whole thing. We'll get into that some more um, on a different episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so Brian's back from the white party. And poor guy. He says that he never left his hotel. Please. Okay. Well, duh. He didn't have to leave his hotel. Yeah, that was the whole point. Yeah, all the boys came right on over there. Okay? It rained every day. So Ben asks him about the white party, how everything went. And then Brian says, you know, it was good, but it wasn't as great as the one a couple years ago. And uh, Michael's like, oh, y'all were both at the white party together? And they both kind of explain away their attendance, like, Oh, yeah, Brian's like, yeah, every gay guy in Pittsburgh was there. And Ben's like, oh, I was doing a work thing, research paper. Yeah, and I had to pause it because, you know, my little antennas went up. And I was like, hold up. Um, Michelle? Mm-hmm. And then clearly you didn't tell me nothing. But I, my my little antennas was going up because that don't even seem right. Like, I don't like Brian. <laughs> I don't like Brian near nobody Michael was liking because we, we know how Brian can do. Okay. Yeah. I mean, not intentionally to hurt Michael, but I mean, 
the boy got the juice. Yeah. You know? He's going to get what he wants, always. I mean, you can't fault him. I mean, if he's got it, he's got yeah, it. Yeah, it ain't his fault, you know. <laughs> but I brought this up the episode when Ben was first introduced to the gang. And I told you, I say, Brian's face just looks kind of weird. There's something about right. him. Uh, you know, when he's looking at Ben, like, his re- reaction was just kind of off. Right. And it's because, well, we'll find out later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let me not jump the gun. Well, so they have that exchange. Well, Justin is not that easily fooled. So back over at the bar, when it's just Brian and Justin, Justin calls him on it. I said the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I looked right at you and said, told you. Yeah. Justin knows what is up. And then Brian's like, what makes you think that? And he says, well, he's the hottest guy I've ever seen. Do you think that's a dig at Brian? Uh, absolutely. I was, like, out of him. I was like, that's shade. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But Brian didn't fall for it. Uh, he didn't fall for yeah, it. Yeah. Because he already knows what Justin thinks about him and what he thinks about himself. Right. So, yeah. He didn't take that bait. And if that's the case, if he's the, uh, well, we're jumping the gun. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Brian basically confirms it. And, but even as Justin is asking him, he's like, I want, I want to know positions. I want to know how many times and all this stuff. Girl, I want to know too. <laughs> Spill all that tea, Brian. Yeah. I wanted to know how is Ben, okay? How are you? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I want all the details. I want to yeah, be that fly. The parties want to know. Yes, please. Okay. Um, but it's interesting that like Brian says, you know, it was once, well, no, twice. But just the way that he tells Justin, not that he, not like he owes it to him, but I guess he's like, I'm going to tell you, I might as well tell you the whole story, tell you the truth, you know, so. Right. I mean, well, I, that's what I, one thing I love about them. They don't keep any secrets. They're, they're out in the open. Yeah. You know, like they have their situation. They have fun. They don't put any labels on anything. Mm-hmm. They are what they are. They know what they, they go, they know they're both going home together. They just keep it 100. I, I love that little situation they got yeah, going Yeah, well, and this was, this would have been, he said a couple years ago, so this was pre-Justin anyway. Yeah, and so. so, and at this point, Justin knows how Brian is, and so, like we saw earlier this season, he he's not intimidated by that necessarily. Right. So. No, and I think everybody's intrigued because they want the tea like, uh-uh. Yeah. Michael's man <laughs> and Michael's crush. Exactly. Was smashing. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, like, that right there is just like... That is some tea. Yeah. Okay. And it was piping hot and it, it the cup was fulleth and it, it, it runneth <laughs> over when yeah. they spilt that. Okay. Like, yeah. wow. I was like, oh my God. Uh, so Justin asks, well, why haven't you told Michael? And Brian says, well, it's one of the rules of gay etiquette. You never talk about your past hookup. Definitely if they are your current, if, if they're your best friend's current hookup. Do you agree with that? Girl. Uh, <laughs> uh, no. Okay. Two things. If it's my best friend, like a Michael and and, and and Brian, then Brian definitely should have told him off the rip. Hey, you know what I'm saying? Like maybe not that first day he met him, but the next day after they they at the diner getting some coffee and some shit. Yo, you in, in his own Brian way. But he could just been like, you know, just so you know, for for anybody, before you find out any other way else, I want to tell you, me and him, we did, you know, hook up a couple of years back at the white party. Then Michael could have had front known from the jump, like, you know, boom, I can either move that way or, you know, or go ahead and cut it off. Or whatever the case. But the fact that y'all let this go on, Michael left him, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then came back and got him, and you still holding on to this secret, and you right. call yourself my best friend? I don't think that's best friend. Like, I mean, I want to, me personally, I want to know. Yeah. I want to know. What about you? You want to know or you don't want to you know? You know, I think I would definitely want to know. And then that brings up a second question I'll ask, in a, I'll ask you in a minute. But I think the other thing is they are like, they're too close and their circle is kind of too small. And they also have a tendency to not fight fair sometimes, Brian and Michael. And so I feel like the truth would have come out eventually. In a negative way. And so it's better to disclose it up front. Yeah, me too. <laughs> you know? 
Uh, I mean, I get what, what Brian is saying because he's like, if it didn't matter, then why bring it up and make it an issue? But for a person like Michael, it probably does matter. Girl, that know? matters. That matters. Yeah. No. I mean, listen, it didn't matter then. You know what I'm saying? Two years ago or however long the fuck ago that was. Mm-hmm. It don't matter then. And I'm not yelling at you. I'm just like, no, no. no. But that it matters because I am giving myself, you know what I'm saying, intimately to this person. Mm-hmm. I'm giving all of me to this person. And now somebody that I'm extremely close with and that I've lusted after my whole entire life has already had you. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, that's weird. Yeah, for them, it's just, those lines are very blurred. But here's my other question that I thought about. Would you still go through with it? So if you're Michael, would you continue to see Ben? I mean, well, it was before him. And as long as I know I can trust Ben and uh, and Brian together, Mm -hmm. you know, trust them. And I think he definitely can. I think that's key. Right. I think even without them having to lay that out, he definitely can trust right. that nothing's going to happen between them again. I mean, he really and truly cares for Ben. So I don't mm-hmm. think he should, like, cut the emotions off, whatever the case. I would be pissed at them. I would literally pout. I, Brian would be buying me another comic <laughs> book for thousands of dollars. And um, Ben would be t- spending, taking me back to Paris. Or this time, we're going to Italy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'm upset. No, I need a trip. It's time. You know what I'm saying? The only way I'm going to get over this is with some some Italian wine. Some coins spent on me. Yes, the okay. Only way. <laughs> only way. So, I would have milked their asses. And then I would have got home and had my man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And my friend. So. I feel, yeah, probably. Because... You get. I think it might take some time for me to be honest. So it takes a little bit of time for me to get past it. Definitely, if you've got your own like insecurities going on, and then if you're in a situation like Michael, where um, you know, where Michael did does have this unrequited love for Brian, that makes it even more complicated. Yeah. So, yeah, I would not want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, but <laughs> I, I don't. I I don't know. It depends. Oh, how moody I'm feeling at the time. Right. Well, you know, I'm a cancer, so my mood's up and down, so you never know what you're going to get. So, <laughs> I yeah, know. Well, you're I'm right. a Gemini, so if you right. told me on Monday, it might be totally different than Tuesday. That so, part, okay. Well, at least you get a whole day. Mine is the same day, you know. <laughs> Within seconds, I'm different. You know, you yeah. never know. Well, I'm two at the same time, yeah. so <laughs> <laughs> right. it could really go We're anyway. both June babies. We're a mess, okay? <laughs> we are a mess. That is definitely true. So we kind of leave that for now. Justin knows. Of course, Brian knows and Ben knows, but for now, they're the only people who who know. Uh, then we see Ted and Emmett, and they are at this, um, it's like a social event is what it looks like. And all of the A-gays of Pittsburgh are there. And Ted knows all their stats, all their information, all their names. He knows all this stuff about them. And he wants to be invited and accepted at this party by these people. Girl, he was like the Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson was the head coach of the, uh, the Bulls when Jordan and Pippen was playing. <laughs> he was like the Phil Jackson of of the gay society. Like, yeah. he knew everybody. He like everybody, you said, yeah. their stats, what they do, their, next, their biggest clients, like, and you you important if you go over here to this, this, and that. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, he was on it. But I would have been more like Emmett. Emmett was, like, uninterested. He was um, unbothered by the whole thing. It was like, I'm here. I'm there no better than me. I'm going to continue to be me and do me. You yeah. Know? Uh, so Ted is saying that it's about the opportunities that being a part of this club could bring him. But I really think it's just about acceptance. Like, we know that something with Ted, like, he's on this hunt for acceptance and mm-hmm. significance. Well, I'm pretty sure he was never, ever in the in crowd. Like he said um, in this episode, he was always, like, you know, head of the accounting team, even in high school. Mm-hmm. You know, like, mm-hmm. no no disrespect to anybody who's a brainiac like that. Yeah, no, you we know? love brainiacs. Yeah, we do. We do, we do. But those are the ones who always get overlooked in school. You know, they're more appreciated once you graduate because school, high school, does nothing for you once yeah. you get and out there of there. There have been yeah. times when it's cool to be smart, but yeah. 
back then when the 80s. Yeah. They were, yeah. Mm-mm, nah. <laughs> Mm-mm. He was teased, you know. So now that he's finally living his best life, like he's not working for anybody else. He's working for himself. He's thriving right now. He wants this um, this gratification, you know. He wants to be a part of these, these cliques and these groups. I understand where he's coming from. Mm-hmm. I mean, like... I'm just as good as you. I'm gay and, you know, I'm smart and, you know, I'm semi-wealthy now. Like, I'm climbing the ropes. How can I get in? So, And I, that's, I, like, the next, I guess, symbol of making it or of thriving right. or being successful to him. You know, he's got his businesses doing well. He's got his Rolex. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. And now being in this society, being in this club with these people, that's, like, the next tier. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's like a little check mark of his success, um, success book. Yeah. So... He spots Garth, who is like Mr. Elite, Mr. A-Gay. And I love Emmett's line, close your mouth, you're not a glory hole. Loved it, okay. (laughs) Emmett has the best little lines. Yeah. So Ted is fawning over him, of course. Cannot, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm in the same room with him. And he wants to go over and meet this guy. And Emmett's like, calm down. And Emmett's colorful way, he's saying, he's no better than the rest of us. Mm -hmm. Just go introduce yourself if you want to. Go say hi. Go say hi. Emmett said he ain't nothing but old cocksucking um, gay just like the rest of us. Right. <laughs> yeah, I love it. You know what I'm saying? True. Yeah, yeah. And I could tell by those lips he was definitely with the co- No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no. Garth, you were nice. No. Okay. <laughs> kidding, Garth. Kidding, Garth. <laughs> oh, the actor who plays Garth. <laughs> oh, gosh. Anyway, let me pull us back. <laughs> Sorry. From the break. So, Ted does go over to introduce himself to Garth, and he just... Fumbles the play. Poor Ted. <laughs> Girl, when he went over there, I immediately knew that was a bad idea. Yeah. I, I had a flashback to Pride Weekend with those little bitty flags. <laughs> you know? Because he doesn't that do it. Well. Ted to you. Yes, I know. I brought that back like three different episodes, but I, I just can't get past it. These little bitty flags. And he, no, everyone always overlooks him because... He doesn't have a presence when he comes. He comes, he looks unsure. Yeah. If you looked more confident in your eyes, they would take you seriously, you mm-hmm. know? And he's he's always so nervous because he doesn't believe in himself. He doesn't believe he should be with this right. group. Right, he doesn't believe that he's worth knowing. Yeah. Like, he mm-hmm. sees the value in knowing them, but he doesn't think that he's worth knowing. And exactly. So that definitely comes across in that awful, <laughs> <laughs> embarrassing conversation that he I tries know. to have with, with Garth. Oh, my God. I feel so bad for my baby. Oh, no. Yeah. Poor Ted. Poor and Ted. then he's just so, Garth is so dismissive of him, too. And so Emmett goes over. He's like, oh, yeah, nothing like these high-class people. Like, if they're the top notch of, of society. Right. And this is how they treat people. Like, mm, yeah. I want no part of that. None at all. I mean, that was like Lindsay's parents. Okay. But in the gay version. Yeah. Didn't like that at all. Then we see Debbie, Vic, and Michael, and they have some flowers, and they're at the cemetery, and they're looking for the unmarked grave of the kid who was found in the in the dumpster. And so I like that they picked that back up this episode, mm-hmm. because I think if any show has to carry that story further, it's this show. True, true, true. And it shows that, um, what I loved about it, it shows that, you know, because Debbie has been so gun ho on finding out, you know, what happened to this kid. Who is this kid? He deserves, you know, to have his story told. He deserves to have his peace. I love that 
it's not even her child, and she has so much compassion. Mm-hmm. I mean, the compassion she has for every living being, you know, or just every being in general, because this kid is gone. But she has not stopped. Yeah. I mean, she went out and found the unmarked grave to bring flowers to yeah. this kid, you know? It right. just showed that how deep her love goes for the community and how deep her love goes just for um, the human race in general. Yeah. And I love that. And I love that she represents the heart of humanity in this situation. She says, if nobody knows who you are, how are they supposed to remember you? Mm-hmm. Because everybody else has just moved on. And she's like... You know, even the issues with that. But part of it is because nope, you've not given him given him a name. You've not validated that this was a human being. That this mm-hmm. was a person worth caring about. Absolutely. You know? So I, yeah, I um, that whole even though that's such a small for Debbie's role in it, I like that Debbie has a, another a different storyline that's not centered around Michael in this right. episode. But even though it's not the biggest story here, I love that that that's in here in this episode. Yeah, and it's not a big story, but she's so such a powerful actress. It, it takes its own legs, right. you know, like it becomes like it, it to me, it is a big storyline because I mean, I believe every word she's saying, mm-hmm. like I feel the things that she's saying, mm-hmm. you know, as if she, as if she's not sharing, she really is Debbie. Yeah. I felt those emotions coming off of her. Well, and it moves me like as this episode moves on, maybe I'll talk about it a little bit more later, but it really moves me, mm-hmm. you know, um, and just to be like, am I a Debbie who is trying to give give voice and give face and give a name to this person that society has thrown away? Or am I like other people who have just moved on? Or am I like the detectives who are like, doesn't matter. We're never going to solve it. Who cares? Right. Yeah. You know? mm, you're definitely a Debbie though. Oh, I try to be. Well, you are. <laughs> then we go over and we see Brian and Michael in the steam room at the gym. And Michael is asking Brian, what's the kinkiest thing he's ever done? And Brian says that he stayed overnight at a guy's house, and the next morning the guy made pancakes. <laughs> I was dead because in Br- to Brian, to Brian, that that's is, true. Yeah, that's kinky to if him. Kinky is supposed to be something that's out of the norm, or you know, whatever. That's then for that. Brian, that is the mm-hmm. like pinnacle of it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. but I will say I just love this whole scene. You know, all these half naked men. Is it because of the the skin? Yes, because of the, the skin. <laughs> I, you know. I, it was it was it was really really nice scene. I love where they are. They should next time they open the the, the whole scene, open the show. Open we the should show start at at the steam at room. The, um, steam room. Mm-hmm. That's where it was. I love that. <laughs> that man came through with a PA. I know you didn't see, but I didn't want to rewind today. But it was nice. Okay, I'm ready. I don't know what those two letters mean together, and maybe I shouldn't ask. It's a Prince Albert. It's a piercing somewhere. I'll Google it and then delete my Google history. <laughs> Yes, girl. <laughs> Trust me. It was cool. Okay. Very cool. Mm. So, <laughs> Michael is telling him that uh, what him and Ben got up to last night about their kinky stuff from the night before. And uh, as he's talking about Ben tying him up, that triggers some memories for Brian. <laughs> this is just shady boots, yeah, shady boots. Because on I'm Ben's like, part, that's what I was about okay? to say. I'm, I wrote that is literally in my notes, so I'm yes. glad that you brought that up because shady I'm boots. like, okay, I wonder if Brian, I mean, if Ben had some memories triggered mm-hmm. because the timing of this whole tie down tango is very suspicious. Right, because y'all been together all these months and y'all have never been tied up before. But then yeah. Brian comes back and y'all let it be known that y'all both was the white party. So that rejog that that brought the memories back. Oh damn, the white. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. I remember that white party. You trying to recreate that? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. he done recreated it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? With, with Brian's friend. Mm-hmm. I just felt that was shady as hell. And I wish Brian would have told Michael right, off the, right then, 
because uh, he asked him, have you ever been tied up? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you should have been like, uh, yeah. You know what I'm well, saying? Like, Me- I no, no. I did the tying. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Did the tying. Yeah. But um, that's what Michael. That's what Brian asked Michael though. Or did you do the tying or some shit like that? Like he asked yeah. him something like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. So then Michael is talking about you know how Ben held him afterwards and how it was so intimate. It was such a a nice little night they had together. And and Michael says. All your one night stands can't compare to what I have. And am I crazy, or does Michael keep throwing that jab out? He's he, yeah, he keeps throwing it out there. Like yeah, I have a relationship, bitch. If Brian want a relationship, he can have anybody he wanted. Brian has places. a relationship. Oh, you know what I mean. Though. You know what I mean. I'm sorry, I mean, guys. I'm sorry. I know I love the Brian and Justin, um, but if Brian back then though. Yeah. If Brian really wanted anybody, he could have had him. As a matter of fact, he could have had Jaman two years ago, and and you wouldn't even have him. All right. Right. So hush on up. Okay. And also, Justin is better than all you hoes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Tell him he is better than all y'all. Okay. Yeah. You're washed up little things. <laughs> and I, well, I was gonna say I hate to slip in Justin right here, but no, I do not hate it because y'all already know where I stand with that, <laughs> and I ain't embarrassed. But anyway, um, I think. Michael doesn't understand what what Brian and Justin have, you know, yeah. what they really are he to each other. He doesn't believe it's real. No, I, I don't think so. Like, he saw Brian after the bashing. He saw him at the hospital, and so he knows that he took that hard. And then he's like, hey, why did you go see him? But I think he doesn't put it together that Brian is capable of emotional intimacy. Right, that's true. And, because I mean, he ha- Maybe because he never had it with him. Exactly. And so he thinks, if you were going to have that, it would be it would with, with me. me. Mm-hmm. I invested so much time. You know my heart. I'm a good person. Da, 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 da. I'll do anything you need me to do. But Brian doesn't want you. Okay? Right. He does not want you. If he wanted you, he would have had you 15 years ago. He does not want you. But yeah, like I said, that's a little jab that Michael keeps recycling. And I'm like, all right, Michael, I'm going to let you have about two more of those. Yeah, <laughs> and then you're going to have to come up with something different. Please. But that's all he got, though. <laughs> Michael don't have nothing big going for him. I mean, the first thing he had big ever was him getting promotions to Big Q. Okay? Right. True. That was like the first thing he and he didn't even want that. Okay? Like, <laughs> so, he had to take that to help. Uh, yeah, to his help mama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, mm-mm. Uh, so then we see Melanie, Lindsay, Emmett, and Ted, and they are at um at dinner together. And this becomes like a thank you dinner. And the girls are thanking them for everything they did for their wedding because these two really did step up. We know Emmett. Gave them his tush fund. He let the he you know, got George to let them use his very nice mansion. Ted and Michael went in on that gift. <laughs> Girl, that was a disaster. But also, but also they helped with other things there at the wedding. So yeah, this is a thank you. Oh, and so Emmett is pointing out some of the other people at this restaurant. It's a lot of the other A gays mm. are there. And now Ted has changed his tune about it. He didn't really care anymore. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, he was down on them, girl. Uh-huh. He did not want to be part of that group. Well, when you get shunned like that, I don't right. think, I, yeah, it kind of opens your eyes up. You know, like, yeah, like, really? well, they're not so great. They made me feel terrible. They're, they're horrible people. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, but at least he did get his card out to Garth, though. He did. He gave his card to Garth earlier. That's true. So I like that Emmett says, well, are there any A lesbians? And Mel's like, you're looking at him. That part. Okay. <laughs> and we got to add Lita into that, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like you now, Lita girl. <laughs> Why? Because she got out of Melanie's way? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Because when you was messing with... I mean, with, out of Lindsay's yeah, way. Yeah, I know who you meant. You know, when I, I, you don't come to my house and do all that extra shit. <laughs> you, you just don't do all that. I mean, she lucky she had a Lindsay and not a Ken. Because it, it would have been way different. So, 
Mr. Garth comes up over to their table to introduce himself, and Emmett couldn't care less. It's Ted's show, like, this is Mel, this is Lindsay, this is Emmett. Emmett could not care less. Sips his yeah. tea loudly, mm-hmm. okay? Loudly. Yeah, well, because he saw how they treated Ted, and he's like, no, I saw how you dissed my friend, mm-hmm. so I don't care about you. I'm not even looking at you. I don't care who you are or what charity function you host. Like, I don't care. You don't care? Because, matter of fact, my boyfriend is the billionaire. <laughs> Okay. You heard of Shickles Pickles. Yeah, that part. Okay. <laughs> I get it every night. <laughs> um, so Garth invites Ted to drop by his little bougie house party, which is a very much a shift from the night before mm. or, or however much time has passed. And so if I'm Ted, I would be a little suspicious, but Ted is just excited to get this invite. So he's not looking too far into it. That's thirsty right there. Like, he don't even see the warning signs. Like, this man just, I mean, dish you, took your car, turned his back on you, and snooted his nose up at you. Mm-hmm. And now he's standing in your face. Clearly, he wants something. Right. Like, what, what What do you think? Boy, come on. Wake up. You wasn't born yesterday, yeah. Ted. Come on now. You're not that desperate for friends. Back at the diner, Justin is cleaning and uh, getting ready to sign off for the night. And Debbie is clearly distracted. Uh, Her mind is still on the nameless kid she found in the dumpster. And Justin's trying to help her move past it. And so he's like, you know, Debbie, you didn't know him. Like, what what can you do? And she says, well, I can find out who who he was. And Justin says, well, that's what the police are for. And she's like, yeah, right. They don't care. They're not doing anything to investigate further, to find out who he was or what happened, to find his killer. Like, they've already moved on. And Justin just tells her, okay, then go do it. Go find out his name. <laughs> I can't believe Justin has so much faith in the police after he was standing there when Debbie was there and witnessed how the cop was talking well, about. Well, and after Chris Hobbs yeah, and after, got barely yeah. a slap on the wrist. Right, yeah. yeah. So I can't believe he still has faith in the police. Like, I mean, I'm not saying down, you know, go down with the police or whatever the case, but... Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. There are great police officers. Yeah, yeah, they, are. they have a great role in our society. But this main detective that is on this case, this specific case here, shown his has shown his true right. colors, you know? And, I mean, if it, if it weren't for people out there like Debbie, I'm pretty sure there are cases out there in the gay community that would never be solved. Right. I mean, Just like I, there are today. Yeah. You know, seriously. So, I mean, I'm glad Debbie is out there. I mean, she can't even sleep at night for busting her ass trying to figure out who this young man is, mm-hmm. you know? And that's something that she's not even getting paid to do. These officers are being paid to do that, and they're not doing anything about it. I mean, it just feeds into the storyline that Debbie's not letting it go, you yeah. know? It's like everybody else has moved past it. But Justin, this is the second time that um that he said, you know, oh, well, you didn't know the guy, or um, you know, okay, we'll well, it's keep kind going. of a change because mm-hmm. in the first when we first found out about this kid in the dumpster, Justin was not quite to Debbie's extent, but he was more so like, oh, there's a threat, there's danger. Right. He was more so bothered by that, and that he was like, well, I did kind of know him. I had this interaction with him in the back room, and so. He kind of cared, but didn't really know what to do with that. But then he's around Brian and Emmett and Michael and Ted, who moved on yeah. like the minute they saw what happened. Mm-hmm. And so I think for him, he was kind of in the middle, but he was drifting more toward toward the guys. Right. You know? But he sees that this is important to Debbie. And what he knows of Debbie is that she is a is a caretaker, even with all her, her flaws. Debbie is a defender of people, yep. you know? And so that's what he knows about her. And so I love that he's the one who tells her simply, just go do it. Right. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And I think part of it is because of his youth that he can see things in very simple terms like that. Yep. Very black and white. And sometimes that can be good. Sometimes that can be bad. But I love that he's the one who's like, okay, Debbie, this is important to you. Go do yeah, it. Yeah. Like, don't talk about it. Be about it, basically. Yeah. 
Uh, over at Woody's, Ted, Emmett, and Brian are there, and Ted is telling them that, you know, he got invited to this party, this elite party with the other A-gays of Pittsburgh, and Brian says that, well, I get invited to those, but I just refuse to go. <laughs> Facts. Brian is way too cool for those. Those part, that little get-together they were at originally when Ted met him yeah. looked boring. Yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. It was like that party that <laughs> Michael and, uh, and, um, and Dr. Dr. David, David were having until yes, the gang until, showed up. Until yeah. the gang showed up. <laughs> It, that's how that's that's what it was giving me. Those type of vibes. I was like, oh no. They needed Brian to come through with his like leather pants that were so absolutely on and with his crop top. Yeah, with his Jackie. Kennedy. He came through with Miss Kennedy. Okay, Miss yeah. Onassis. Okay, in his in his words, Oasis. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not surprised that Brian gets invited to these things. I mean, he's a successful businessman. He's good looking. He's we're led to believe he's comfortable financially. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not surprised at all. Um, and he's just well known in the gay community. I mean, he just won an award as well, right? You know, for, for yeah, the Pittsburgh um, Ad Person of the Year, or whatever. But yeah, like everybody around Liberty Avenue knows who Brian Kenny mm-hmm. is. But uh, he is telling Ted, he's like, "What well, you should be asking is why you got invited," and that's kind of like a double edged thing because yes, it can be an insult, but what he really meant is. There's got to be some angle. Yeah, that's another plan. Like, mm-hmm. I thought they was going to bring in there to tease him, you know, like, yeah. make fun of him, uh, all this and that, you know. Like, like oh, a carry situation. Yeah, like a carry movie. situation. No, <laughs> seriously, I thought that's what they were going to do. But we'll get to what happened. Yeah. Uh, so at the bar, Emmett sees a familiar face, and he's like, how you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, the, and that leads to them playing the Six Degrees of Separation, the hookup edition. And they connect the dots between these three guys. And Justin shows up as Brian is saying, well, I had all three of them. Uh, but not at the same time. There was a scheduling conflict. <laughs> uh, and then Ted says to Brian, well, who haven't you had? And then Michael walks up. He's like, he, me. He hasn't had me or anyone else that I've been with. Girl, my mouth dropped. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, let me go ahead and pick okay. the wheel this back up. I have a question before we move forward. Do you think that Michael intentionally avoids people that might have been with Brian before? Or do you think it just, like, happened that way? No, um, I don't think that he intentionally intri- uh, tries to avoid them. But people that Michael, that Brian has been with are all just, like, hookups in the back room. These are the same people that Michael could never pick up on the floor. You know, mm-hmm. like, he would never have that opportunity, mm-hmm. I feel like. They don't they don't run. They're in the same circle, but they do not run the same race. Yeah. And, um... So, no, I don't think that he intentionally tries to avoid him. The guys are just, they don't come to Michael. Yeah, that could be it. Because, I mean, the way they make it seem is like any gay or questioning person that comes into Pittsburgh winds up in the bed of Brian Brian Kenny or in the Mm -hmm. back room with him. It's how they make it seem. And I know that's an exaggeration. But so... I could see it if Michael was intentional about about that, but that would be kind of hard right. to to separate them, mm-hmm. you know. And then poor Justin, he's over there just like taking it all. <laughs> well, not poor Justin, he didn't care. He's over there taking it all in stride. But y'all know that I love Brian and Justin. I am number one fan of Team Brian and Justin. But I almost feel like dating Brian is like going to this like event, this social event or this club or whatever and trying to stunt on people with like a fake Chanel bag. Oh, Lord. <laughs> you know? Oh, Lord. Because like yeah. all of them have had him already and they're like, I was at your house this morning. Yeah. Or, I'm going to your house tonight. Uh-huh. <laughs> or it's just like, you have this great thing, but we all have that. We all We've have all that. Had yeah. that. Uh-huh. Of course, I know the difference is 
Justin's there all the time, and there's actual emotions and feelings and stuff. But anyway. That's funny, though. The community dig. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so back on track. Michael has said, you know, not me and not anybody that I've been with. And poor Justin just cannot hold back. That was so messy. (laughs) So messy. And his eyes are looking directly at Ben. Yeah. Yes, I was like, I mean, what? what? He might have done it on purpose. Yeah. I mean, what? <laughs> I, I mean, mean, it could have been an accident, but he please. might have done it on purpose. I mean, I think it was an accident. It was just so funny. It just came out as a natural response. Yeah. His, his giggle. But he laughed a little bit too hard, a little bit too long, and everyone was looking like, what? what's so funny now? Yeah. Of course, yeah. Michael was like, okay, what? What is it? Just tell me. And then Ben and uh, Brian have this silent conversation with their eyes. Yeah. And then Ben confesses, it was me. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I don't think that if, if Justin would have never laughed, it would have never came out. So the fact that he confessed, I'm not, I'm not pleased with it. I'm not <laughs> because pleased. he had other opportunities. Yeah, you had other opportunities to bring that shit up, but you didn't. You only brought it up when you was caught. You know what I'm saying? It's like saying you're sorry. No, you're not sorry. You're only sorry that you got caught. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, that's it. Period. So no, it was me. You had no choice to say it was me. Michael only had two boyfriends. Like get the hell up out of here. Okay. <laughs> okay like, well, we know when Dr. David. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. No, like, get out of here. No, I'm, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not cool with that. Yeah, well, because at first I was thinking, well, you know, that's very big of him to say, hey, let's just get it out in the open. It was me. But true, I mean, who else then, could it have been? <laughs> let me ask you a question. If your um your lover brought you, um your boyfriend brought you, and, I mean, you you in the club, right, all your friends, your close friends, and then, you know, this conversation come up and he, he confesses it in front of everyone when he could have easily pulled you to the side and be like, hey, I just want, I want to tell you something. Yeah, you, you definitely want... would have had to pull me to the side. Yeah, because, I mean... I Don't tell me in front of everybody. Yeah, if you told me in front of everybody, that could have been the end of us. I'm yeah, for real. That could have easily been the end of us. What? You decide to tell me now? Yeah. I, I'm done with you. You know, leave. It's the club. Leave. Yeah. <laughs> leave now or I'm going to act an ass. Trust me. Yeah. I'm going to embarrass both of us mm-hmm. in here. And I don't mind doing it. <laughs> I've been kicked out of way, way better places than this. Yeah, but so the truth comes out. It all just gets rolled out before everybody at Woody's and the gang. And Michael's like, oh, that's hilarious. Ha ha. Yeah, of course that would have happened. And Ben's like, yeah, okay, well, I'm glad you think so. And then things just get a little bit awkward because the gang is like waiting on the real yeah, reaction. I was waiting. And you know, if this if this would have been the two of us there with them go like we can keep it cute in front of everybody, but we totally would have had a secret conversation. Girl, that sidebar would have been everything, <laughs> yeah. okay? I mean, I don't think Emmett and Ted gave it any justice, you know. Yeah. Like I mean they had you know, I know that they talked about it, but uh-uh, they didn't, girl, we would have been on their asses, okay? Yeah. Oh, you need another drink? Come yeah. to the bar, please. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little parched. In fact, we totally did that. Yes. <laughs> Last time we were, tra- we were trying to figure out what was going on between two of our friends. Oh, we like, no, we Let's did. Let's get another drink. Yeah, no, for real. We we showed it up. I was like, girl. Oh, my God. Yeah, we, we do love some tea. Yes, baby. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so then we see Debbie down at the station, and she is there to light a fire under this detective, under Detective Horvath. He's like, what are you doing here? It's like, I'm trying to make you do your job, basically, is what she's saying. And he's like, look, lady. And she says, the name's Debbie, but you can call me Mrs. Novotny. (laughs) I love that, because he said all three, he said, lady, she said, stop calling me lady. You can call me Debbie. Okay, Debbie, you can call me Mrs. Novotny. Okay, Mrs. Novotny. You know, like, the way she said it, (laughs) like, she was checking his ass. 
if I have to come to the police station at night in Pittsburgh, which does not look too safe, okay, <laughs> a single woman out here, and why Vic didn't escort her down to the uh, to the um, the police station? Vic was still trying to get himself together. Making that wedding cake took it all out of him. Uh, you know, I'll give him that. I'll give him that. But I'm like, damn, she running these streets out here, roaming these streets by herself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and these cops ain't doing shit. Why is he even, you lead detective, why are you at the station? because you're not working the case that's why go out there and help her right now I mean she did everything for you yeah Uh, and so she's just asking what's going on where are you at do you have any leads and he tells her well that's none of your business and then she says oh no yes it is my business (laughs) basically she's telling I'm gonna go do your job for you I see that you're not doing it you're not gonna respond to what I've asked of you I'll take care of it don't worry about it and she steals the photo off of the wall. The way she ripped it, though. illegal. I know. Like, girl, that was evidence. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think you can tamper with that, but okay. okay but nobody's going to mess with Debbie. Yeah, she's like, well, they don't care. They're not using it. Yeah. So she took Mm-mm. it. Uh, then we see Michael, and he and Ben are coming home after uh, being at Woody's. And Michael is very determined. Um, Weird. I, when I yeah. saw him, I was like... It's, it's a little suspicious. Yeah. I was like, he comes to the door and I was like, oh, they finna fight right now. I was ready, girl. Mm-hmm. And he comes, he's taking off the shirt and unbuttoning it. I was like, uh. Yeah. What's going on? And Ben is trying to talk. He's like, hey, I'm so glad that you're taking it so well. That since you found out about me and Brian, I'm glad that it's not this big thing and that you're just rolling with it. That's okay. And Michael's like, oh, yeah, no, whatever. It's fine. Then I was but... like, okay, well, don't bring it up no more because you know you about to get you some. So if you bring that name <laughs> up again, it's going to be Ixnay on the booty. So. <laughs> Letting you know now, don't say nothing about Brian ever again. Just get to it. Uh, So they're in bed trying to get to it, and then Brian pops up in bed with them, and Michael pushes him out. Girl, my, I was like, oh my, I, that scared me for a minute. Like, I <laughs> he thought know. he was really good. Yeah, I was like, okay, Brian doing the most now. Yeah. Okay, like. Uh, then we see Ted at the gym with um his trainer, and Emmett is there, and then Brian's at the gym also. And this trainer was recommended by Garth, and he only works with the elite. He's like, you know, super exclusive or whatever, but turns out he knows Brian in a very intimate way, I, well, I know, suppose. Like we said, <laughs> Brian knows everybody. Brian yeah. is Mr. Pittsburgh. Yeah, so Ted can't even have that. Yeah, <laughs> Brian's it, taking everything from everybody. Yep. I mean, yeah. damn. I mean, only person we know Brian hasn't robbed from is fucking Emmett. Yeah. Okay, like, I don't know. Yeah, one time he's disrespected Emmett like that, you Yeah. Know? Uh, so Brian goes off to practice his forward lunge with Ted's new trainer, and then Michael arrives, and... Emmett and Ted are there, and they're kind of waiting. They want to see his honest and true reaction to finding out about Ben and Brian. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and then he's like, what's the big deal? What's the problem? And then they're like, well, if that happened to me, if somebody that I was with had been with Brian, like, I'd be worried. Like, how could I measure up, is what Ted says. And Emmett's like, you couldn't. And then Michael tries to act like he doesn't care, but it's pretty clear yeah. that he does. I mean, come on now. Like, I mean, he cares for two different reasons. I mean, now somebody that you thought that was sacred... It's no longer sacred. He's tainted. And not only is he tainted, he's tainted by the person you want. Right. Okay? And the person who doesn't really even gives a fuck about anybody. The person you love, Brian could care two shits about. Right. Well, because Michael says, uh, well, for Brian, sex is like a handshake. And they all point out, like, that's not that's not the point. Like, they shared something mm-hmm. that you will never share with Brian. You know, they know what each other looks like, what they sound like, all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They made it work. <laughs> They, they made, made it worse. worse. <laughs> <laughs> they made no good friends. No. Get you some better friends, yeah. Michael. You know, good friends, babe. 
Uh, then at the loft, Justin is there with his two mommies, Jennifer so and Debbie. Cute. So cute. And I mean, can we talk about how far Jennifer Taylor has come? She is stalking the refrigerator Girl, at Ryan's loft. She is at home. Yeah. Okay. She is at home. Natural about it. Okay. Uh-huh. Just real natural. It's second nature for her to be there. Um, and to be taking good. care of them. Like, yeah, yeah, she's taking care of Brian, but she, I mean, of Justin, but she knows that in doing that, she's taking care of Brian also. Yeah. Yep. I mean, and she, she knows. just got on board. She's yeah. like, okay, my son is here. He lives here. He loves this man. This is what's good for him right now. You know, this is where he wants to be right now. She's on well, board. She's she on had board. no choice but to follow. I mean, for one, right. he is a man now. I mean, yes, he's still a young man, but he's a man now mm-hmm. where he can make his own decisions. And she also knew, like, either I'm going to lose my son exactly. or, or I'm going to love him where he's exactly. at. Exactly. So, I mean, she met him, you know, and that was a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And it worked out. I mean, mm-hmm. it really did because he's still a great kid, you know. Mm-hmm. He can still turn to his mom when he needs her. I just love how she adapted to the whole situation because it was hard on her. Yeah, it She was. was going through a divorce and then trying to figure out how to adapt to Justin. Right. Justin then was overcompensating yeah. by keeping him at her home and away from Brian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, I love how it's playing out for them right yeah. now. I, I, I love Jennifer. I want to be Jennifer Taylor for Halloween. Seriously. Nobody will recognize my costume. Right. I don't care. I will know. I don't know. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. Girl, you and I will know. <laughs> girl, I know that 1999 flip. That is Jennifer. Get you some mom jeans. You'll be 100. Yes, I can do it. Uh, so Jennifer is in the refrigerator. And she's like, what is this? Poppers. <laughs> Justin runs over. Oh, it's head cleaner. Mm-hmm. Well, it is. Which I think, yeah. yeah. That is a use for it, right? Yeah, well, it is. Yeah. A use, yeah. Um, Debbie is there because she's having Justin do a sketch of this kid. Mm-hmm, that the she's missing. To, yeah, the missing kid that she's trying to find a name for, trying to, trying to find some information about. And so in his own way, he's helping with this, you know. One, because Debbie's like, look, you're going to draw this picture. But also, in his own way, this is how he's He supporting. wants to do it. Yeah, you know? he's supporting Debbie mm-hmm. in this. He knows this is important to her. And he he wasn't with Debbie for... 15 years like Brian was like he has only known Debbie for a year a a little over a year Mm -hmm. and so all he knows of Debbie is her being there for him coming to his defense and so I mean he lived with her when he had nowhere to go right she took him in no questions asked Mm -hmm. you know uh and so that's what he knows of her and so of course he's gonna do things that to feed into that Mm -hmm. you know that side of her and so Debbie asked Jennifer if she's gonna help her on this mission she's determined to find out at least the name of this kid. And Jennifer's like, nah, I'm out on that. You know, I'm just a tourist in this neighborhood. Uh, she says, let the let the pros handle that. Leave it to the pros. And then Debbie points out, they're not doing anything. And then she tells her, she asks her, well, what if it was your son? And then Jennifer stops and remembers Justin and the bashing. And she says, you know, it almost was. That was so deep. Yeah. And you can just see how in both Jennifer and Justin, they're motivated by that, by right. that memory. Mm-hmm. That's something I mean, that's going to influence so much of who they are and how they are. Yep, for real. Because, I mean, she wasn't on board, but when those that small little phrase, what if it was your son, it just triggered her, you know? Mm-hmm. And she probably doesn't ever want to ever feel that hurt. So she knows how that feels. And could you imagine how those parents feel like actually losing, right. losing that child? Yeah. You know? So, I mean. Yeah, as protective as she came became over Justin after he left the hospital. Mm-hmm. She knew where her son was and knew that he was getting better, but still she wanted him right there with her. But yeah, she can imagine what it would be like to to be a parent and your child is just missing and you don't know that they're right that they're dead. Yeah. 
so Ted did go to Garth's party, and he's giving himself a pep talk as he's walking in. I love the pep. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you can do this. Act a little bored. <laughs> yeah, that board, that board yeah. got me. I was on the floor. Yeah. I was no good. But then he's second-guessing himself. He brought a bottle of wine. He's like, oh, I should have went with the more expensive option or... Yeah. I mean, he just wants to fit in, but the way you fit in is literally be yourself. Be yourself. My favorite mm-hmm. people are the people who are just genuinely themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Garth introduces him to two guys, a psychiatrist and a, like, private yacht cruise booker person or whatever. <laughs> and Ted starts talking to them and telling them, like, about being the president of the math or accounting team and... Snooze fest. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was about to go to sleep on his ass. I couldn't imagine standing there talking to him for 10 minutes. Yeah, then he whips out his Ted humor, which just doesn't work on everybody. And so, yeah, it's just, it's not off to a great start. No. So Michael and Ben are back in the bedroom, and uh, they are very naked, and Michael starts asking him about Brian. (laughs) Weird. (laughs) Yeah. He's like... Yeah, did Brian tie you up? How did this go? Everybody says it's legendary being with Brian. What was it like? Tell me. And Ben's like, this is just a little weird. And then he's no, like, you expect I, me to remember that? Ben knows that he remembers he, every day. That part. And that's what I'm saying. I'm glad Michael asked him if he tied him up or not. You know, don't play down with me. I mean, I, I don't know. Did he? I mean, maybe once or twice. Yeah. I mean, oh, was a maybe? Yeah, what you mean a maybe? Okay. Yeah. Which means, yeah, you got tied up. Don't do no shit you didn't deal with him with me. <laughs> Okay, because I I ain't never been tied up, but I ain't never tied nobody up until your ass told me to, and you only did that when we brought up the whole um, what's we call um the white party shit, you know. So now I'm feeling and now I'm feeling a certain type of way. Um, period. I love that Brian's at the foot of the bed in this one, and I love when Brian keeps like popping up because he looks mm-hmm. so like petty and messy. It is <laughs> and petty and messy. Brian, one of my favorites. I'm here. Uh, but Michael asks him, okay, what what's so great about it? What was so great about it? And so Ben's like, you really want to know? Okay, I'll tell you. Girl, he didn't have to tell him. Well, Michael kept asking. He could have so. he, he said, honey, I love you. We're he here for said, the moment. He said, you know, that was really a bad experience. Yeah, yeah you could have said stuff. anything. But Ben's like, just not a liar. Yeah, I he could have. Yeah. Oh, I heard it was legendary. You going to tell me the legend? <laughs> You're really going to tell me the legend, bro. Like, that's what we're going to do? Like, if I ask you, baby, I feel fat today. You better not say, yeah, you look fat. Yeah. You know, like, oh, baby, you look great. That's that type of shit right there. Mm Mm-hmm. I heard it's legendary. Oh, trust me. It's not that legendary. Trust me. Yeah. He ain't got nothing on me. He's like, oh, he must have been having an off day. You yeah. Know, something like that. Something. But no, but no. Ben was like, okay, you, you want to know? know? I'll right, tell well. you. And he went into details. When he came, I didn't even come. He didn't stop. He just kept going and never lost his heart on him. He didn't came. say it like that. Well, whatever. Well, you know, that's my voice. That's my, that's, that's, that's that. Oh, yeah, I don't have no sexy voice, but I was trying to be be like Ben because he was looking in Michael's eyes on top of him naked when he was saying Right. That, well, even know? the way he was saying it, like, that should not be yeah. mood music for y'all. You're talking about my best friend? Like, yeah. No. And you looking deep into my shit like that? No. Yeah, like kissing all over me? I don't think so. No, no. no That's not, not all. the soundtrack that we're going to do this to. Not at all. <laughs> that was just a weird exchange. Okay. Yeah, and then it's made even more weird because Michael is trying to find out who's better, and then Ben says, you're fine. Oh, Lord, <laughs> I know. And then he says, no, you're great, you're wonderful, but it's too late, Ben. Mm-mm. You you already put out that four-letter word. Yeah, you did. Yeah, fine. Yeah, fine. Yeah. Then I'm fine. I'm, you know, I'm gonna take my fine ass on. How about that? I'm. And I'm he did. Fine. I'm leaving. He got up. Yeah, he suddenly remembered he had something to do at the comic shop, so he had to go. Mm. Uh, back at the party, uh, things are not going any better for Ted, and 
I kind of feel bad for him, but I get it. You know, I definitely, at different points in my life, I've been the person trying to squeeze my way into some club, be it socially or professionally. Um, and so until I finally like learned myself and then got very okay with who I am and was like, I don't care what I fit into. <laughs> and also I realized that I am way too eccentric to be an A anything. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so now I just kind of like form my own club, even if I'm the only member, I don't care. Go on, girl. I'll join any club. I'll join it with you. Yeah. But no, I, you know, a lot of people dismiss some of Ted's story arcs, but I do feel like this one is relatable. You know, I've definitely gone through that, Mm -hmm. through that in life. What about you? Um, no, I I don't, I don't, I don't have a Ted story. I've always gotten into every club that I, I wanted to be. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I, I suffer from that a lot. Again, with me being shy, I always feel like I'm never enough, you know? So I'll, I'll overdo it. Like, Ted underdoes it, you know? Like, he's always unsure. When I'm nervous, I am over the top. So either you love me or you hate me, you know? But I never just be myself, I feel yeah. like. So I cut my chances in half already mm-hmm. off the rip because I'm not natural with it. So, yeah, it's very relatable. Just a little different for me. Yeah. Where I'm, he's more introverted. And then I'll be, that's the only time I become extroverted. You mm-hmm. know, like, I want to make you think that I'm doing this and that. And I'm super cool when I should just be content with being a homebody and being quiet. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know. Yeah. And, well, now I look back on those times in life. And I'm like, what was wrong with you? Like, why did you <laughs> act like that? Or why did you think you had to do that or whatever? But at the time... It it was so important. It was mm-hmm. like I have to do this and I have to be liked by these people or whatever. But yeah, it's funny you how we always want validation from others. It is, yeah. yeah. And then how that changes, like as, as you get older, as you get older, and then just as you get more comfortable in yourself and as you define your priorities and the things that you care about and things that matter to you, as you redefine those and as those start to take shape. You no, know, I I hundred percent agree because you know me. I was the one. I was, yes, yes, yes. I'm going to do this, this. I can do. Uh, yeah. yeah. Now it's like, <laughs> I can only do what I can do. I know. <laughs> okay? I used to like totally not understand people who could just say no to things because mm-hmm. I was such a yes man. Mm-hmm. You know, anytime you ask me to do something, I was like, yes, absolutely. And people who would say no, I'm like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> you know, or, or you suck because you can't do 50 million things yeah. in one day. And I can't, even though I'm about to kill myself trying to do exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> no, absolutely not. I am content with who I am and. The man I've become and the light and love that I bring to others into this world. Yeah. I don't need any other cheerleading rude people behind me. Right. If you can't take me as me, then Mm -hmm. I got nothing else to offer you. So. Exactly. Yeah. But our Teddy is not at that point yet. Uh, So Garth comes over to find him. And speaking of Teddy, he says, well, can I call you Teddy? And and, uh, he he says, oh, yeah, all my my friends call me that. So he's like, oh, yeah, he's going to lean in on that. And uh, Garth tells Ted that he was very impressed with his website and with the guys on his website, one in particular, uh, Rex. And he's like, you know, I'd really like to meet him. Can you set something up? And Ted's like, well, I don't usually get involved in their personal lives. That's they, professionalism. Right. He's like, they just come work for me. I, like, I'm not running an escort service, even though it looks like it blurs that line. Right, right. <laughs> like, they show up, they do their thing, they leave, they live their own lives outside of my studio. Uh, and Garth is like, oh, you know, yeah, professionally, yeah, no, of course I wouldn't want you to cross any boundaries. I'm just asking as a friend. Yeah, for we a are friendly friends, right? dinner. Yeah, like, since when? <laughs> no, motherfucker, because before I gave you my car, you snatched it and turned your back on me. So I wouldn't say that we're friends. This is my first night at your house. We're not friends. Yeah, okay? but Ted is at this time still wanting this acceptance. And so... You know. Well, if I was Ted and I really wanted to be accepted, girl, I would have snapped. Uh, who? 
Rex, <laughs> and let me call him. Yeah, I can okay? get fetch here too. You yeah. want both of them? Yeah. Fetch. Uh, we got fetch. We got Rex. Okay. <laughs> Who else do you need? Okay. Yeah. What can you guarantee me, Garth? Um, Ted is left to ruminate on that. Uh, we see Debbie and Jennifer, and they are on the strip passing out flyers. You and Justin made the sketch, and they're passing out the drawing. Like, does anybody? Do you know anything about this guy? Do you recognize him? And um, trying to get some help identifying him. And I love the two of them out here, like, <laughs> doing this. It's the contrast. Yeah, doing this work together. So a guy comes over, and uh, <laughs> Jennifer shakes his hand and finds out that he has warts, and <laughs> she regrets that. Yeah. But he assures her they were not on his hands. <laughs> uh, yeah. Which they could be, because, you know, Angela is coming, coming through. <laughs> so hopefully it wasn't that hand she shook. Uh, but... Um, so they, the guy says, well, I think I, last time I saw him was at the Liberty Spa. Well, Jennifer, like me, is like, oh, you know, a nice little day spa. Okay. I said the bass <laughs> off the rip. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. knew it. Oh, yeah, the spa. Yeah, girl, the spa. Mm-hmm. So then they go over to Liberty Spa, and yeah, it is definitely the baths. I was thinking, how the hell did they get past the front desk attendant? Yeah. You know, because they were deep well, into the baths. Debbie just bulldozed her way Because Debbie ain't bullshitting, okay? Yeah. and Jennifer just following along. But I love them out here getting their sleuth on, you know? How? I understand you I understand you out here doing some good work, right? And you're looking for the guy but you do not open somebody's door when you hear no. those loud moans coming from behind it. <laughs> and at least Jennifer has the courtesy to like kind of stand back yeah. and ultimately look away. Yes. But Debbie's just Debbie's like, looking. Um, I'm sorry to interrupt. <laughs> and mid-stroke, um, do you know this kid? Uh, no, girl. No. Okay. I barely even know the one in front of me. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to catch this yeah. net. Please. But I like them out here. And, De- and Debbie is like Sherlock Holmes, which makes Jennifer her Watson. And that is the show we deserve. Mm-hmm. No, for real. <laughs> the two of them as detectives, like, we deserve that show. But one of the guys who's there at the bass does recognize the guy in the drawing. And he tells him a little bit more about him and tells him about an asthma attack that he had and you know, some medicine that he used because he was like, he was panting and I thought it was normal, mm-hmm. but... Turns out it was something medical going on, and so they get a little bit more information. Right. Another lead to track down. And see, that's some shit that that um, detective should have been doing. Yeah. Okay. Why do y'all know this man was an asthmatic? And then we could hit all the little drug stores around. You know what I'm saying, Liberty, um, mm-hmm. Liberty Avenue. Why we didn't do that? If okay. they'd have just asked like three more questions, yeah. <laughs> you know, the detective could have could have been there. But I don't think he asked any questions. No, I don't either. I Except for, do you know this man? Yeah, you might know his name. All right, cool. Close Mm -hmm. it up. Jane Doe, move on. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. So we see Michael at the comic book store, and it's late at night, and Brian strolls in. Now, Mm. Michael was supposed to be at Babylon. They talked at the gym earlier, and Michael called out to Brian, like, hey, see you at Babylon. And Brian said, yes. Well, apparently Michael didn't show up, and so Brian is looking for him to see what's going on plus he knows that now he knows about ben and so i think he's also there just like check in and see okay, yeah, are we good? Fill him out. yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah uh michael says so you weren't gonna tell me and brian says it was two years ago uh you know why does it matter it shouldn't matter 
you know, it doesn't matter to me, it doesn't matter to him, it shouldn't matter to you. And Michael is clearly, clearly mad, and he's showing Brian more than he's shown anyone else how right. truly upset he is. Well, he should be. This. Yeah. And it should, he should be mad at both of them, Brian and Ben. I mean, I mean, in a way, for withholding the information before the fact that it happened, no, no you no, have no right not, to yeah, be upset. Not the I know fact that it happened. Yeah, not the fact that it happened, especially two years beforehand, you know, definitely not that. But the fact that you know that I care for this man now, then you should have told me. Yeah. You know, like, that should have been something. Like, that's something you should have spoken up and said. Oh, we already said that. But, yeah, Mm -hmm. he should have. So, yeah, I think this conversation definitely should have been had. Yeah. I think either way, Michael would have been upset about it. But, you know, we are where we are. Uh, And so Brian asks him, he says, well, are you jealous because I did it with him or because he did it with me? Girl, because he did it with you. Okay. (laughs) That's why. Okay. Yeah, he is jealous of Ben in this situation, not of Brian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, but to that, Michael says, well, why should I care, you know, who hasn't been with you? And Brian says... And I said at the same time... Yes, you. You. That was, <laughs> yeah. This, I feel like that little exchange between the two of them, it was so much shade in that, you know, like... All the little digs, you know, like, who haven't well, who hasn't been with you? This is Brian's... Like, he's going to bring out the bottom line. Right. Or, like, here's what the root cause is, or here's what the issue is. Not all the time, but sometimes he's going to do that. Like, let's just go ahead and address what the root problem yeah, is. Yeah, he has those uncomfortable conversations. Yeah, you know? yeah. And the way he brings it up might yeah. be a little bit not, you know, the softest approach, but he is like, okay, we got an issue. Let's go ahead and deal with right. it. You know? And he faces it head on. So yeah, so much so that he goes over to lock the door and girl, I jumped oh my out God. my he seat. Did, okay, he, he moved so close to me with his hand up in there, and I was like, oh gosh. So, <laughs> yeah, you said you better put that hand down because I said, girl, I'm gonna pop the hell out of you. Oh my God, like yeah, that was crazy. I had been wanting that moment for a you very know, long okay, time. Okay, let's talk about this, and then we got to get back into this scene. So I know, and I try not to ship shame. So I know different people ship different characters, want different characters together. And I try not to shame people who want something different than what I want. And so I know that there are people out there who want, at this point where we are in season two, who want to see Michael and Brian together. Even if it's not for like a lasting relationship. I don't even want want them together as a relationship. I just want Michael, I mean, Michael to get his little taste. (laughs) So he can be over well, it. Well, there are other people who want that, too. And I get it because, like, the friends to lovers is a very common trope in right. books and TV shows and movies. And in some cases, I really like that that trope. Here, for me, uh, that doesn't... I don't have that toward <laughs> Brian and, and Michael. And it's not really because of the chemistry with the characters. It's just, like, the way that they're written. I just don't see it that way. Mm. But um, I know other but people... It's the chemistry with the characters now for me, though. Um, as in, I don't want them to see them because this scene had potential to be so hot. Like it's, it was like one of the most awaited scenes I feel like ever. Because you always want it. You kind of want. You feel bad for Michael because you know he he's jeopardized so many different relationships just to be around Brian. You know he'll drop anything and drop a dime to be with Brian. You know, yeah. so Brian was gonna give him what he wanted out of pity. Right. So I, so I feel like that's why Michael didn't take it. But when we see Brian and Justin together, like you said, they melt into each other this one was a disconnect like he had his hand on michael's on michael's penis but it was like no energy behind it you know Mm -hmm. they were kissing but the kiss was lacking passion Mm -hmm. you know like it was like i will give you these motions if you want these motions like right i'll give them to you yeah yeah it it just 
It, it, uh, motions with no E. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. It was motions was, with no E. There was no E, e motion mm-hmm. to it. It was just all motions. All yeah. motions. All motions. But I damn near hollered. Like, when I, <laughs> when I I saw him walking to the door, and I was like, oh, he leaving? Okay. Yeah. And I, was, I was like, hold up. This man ain't going to leave. So then when he flipped the sign, I was like, shut up. Yeah. When he locked the door, I was like, girl, get the hell out. Like, <laughs> get out right now. Yeah. Like, who is this man? Yeah. Like, this is crazy. So, Brian walks over to, to him, and he's like, you want to know what it's like? And that's when you start, like, bouncing up and down, and you're like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. Because low-key, I wanted to know what it was like. Yeah. I wanted to know what it was like. Yeah. Like, I want to live vicariously through these people, okay? Yeah, well, and they start, Brian starts to kiss him, which we've seen before, and we hate it every time. Mm, every but, time. Uh, this one was different for me. But this one was different. And then... Michael gets into into this one, and we've talked about how him, him getting into it before. But I don't mean just like getting into the enjoyment of it. He gets into the action, like he has his hand up on Brian's neck. I mean, he started to feel it, like the hand up on the neck. The head started turning. He was kissing a little more, but I'm glad his little conscience kicked in because yeah. he knew this was a pity fuck. Mm-hmm. He knew like, why now? You know right. what I'm saying? Like, why now? You trying to like? It, it was was okay. You think Brian was trying to do something nice, like? I'll just give this to you because you're crying like a little baby or I know I experienced your man in a way, you know, the same way that you experienced him. So he got me. Do you want to taste too? So we're all on the same playing field. Like, mm-hmm. how did you, how, what do you think Brian was thinking? Yeah, no, I think it's all of that. And then, you know, the, the, and the, you said something and the difference is Brian is not, did not have been the same way Michael did because there, again, there was no emotion behind mm-hmm. Brian and Ben. Like, Michael was bragging in the scene room about the intimacy and the aftercare and all of that that he has with Ben. Mm-hmm. That's not what Brian and Ben no, had together. it was sex. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so Michael does stop, you know. Uh, I was proud of him. him. And then he said, would you have? I, me personally, I probably would have kept going. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Me personally, if Brian was over me and I've been waiting 15 years, I don't, I don't care. Pity or no pity. Um, ben, no Ben. You know, like, I don't, no, mm, I don't know. Ben's a good guy. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's like, well, we're going to keep this secret. You kept that one for me. <laughs> so this is ours. Yeah. Okay. Like, this is our secret right here. Yeah. I've been waiting too long. Uh, but Michael does stop him and tells him, you know, get out of here. He's very kind of firm with what he what he says. And then Brian turns around and says, I know your secret identity. Uh, so a couple things before we wrap up this scene. Um, so I did ask the guy who gets the writing credit, Michael McLennan, on this episode about that line where Brian says, I know mm-hmm. your secret identity. And he was like, girl, it's been 20 years. I don't remember. <laughs> uh... But he said, but if you look at the whole context of that scene, then it'll kind of, you know, book. make sense. And the thing, yeah, in a comic book, the secret identity is what you are. Truly. Truly, mm-hmm. just in your normal, when you're not the whole death-defying stunt performer, the big, bold, you know, mm-hmm. person, when you're just like the normal nerd with the glasses who writes for the newspaper or whatever. Yep. You know, and so he's saying, like, I know what you really are when you really want, Michael. Yes. You are romantic at heart. You, If you, what you want with, with your partner is a true relationship. Not, you know? not what I'm going to give you. Yeah, you mm-hmm. don't want some quick little something against the wall at your comic book shop. Like, that's not what you want in general. Definitely well, not girl, what that's what me. he wanted. <laughs> that's what he wanted, but he knew that's not what he needed. Yeah, okay? well, he, that was his felt need at the moment, but that wasn't his, like, true desire. Right. Um, And so that is what Brian is pointing out. And so Brian's saying, I know that, because I think that Brian... 
Brian knew that Michael would stop it because yeah, he was testing him. Yeah, he was testing him, and also, but showing Michael, you don't want this. The the only thing that I'm willing to offer you is not what you want. Mm -hmm. You know, Uh, I'm not going to offer you what it is that you've been craving for all these years. It's not going to happen. Yeah, I'm not going to offer you. Not again. Well, what he gives Justin? Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I wasn't going to say it. No, what he gives. And I'm not comparing Justin to Michael. I'm just saying that's not what Brian's offering to Michael, and he's like. This is all I'm offering you, and I know that's not what you want. And also, Michael doesn't even fit Brian. You know, what I'm saying Brian's type. Usually, Brian goes after people who look like him, kind yeah. of who are mm-hmm. more more built like him. But um, yeah, so I think that's what was going on here in this scene. So I think no part of Brian was going to go through with this because he knew he wouldn't even have to stop it. He knew Michael was going to right. stop it. But I think even if Michael didn't. Brian would have like going to pull back, pull back, and mm-hmm. he would have laughed him off or like, like he mocked does. him. Yeah. Like, come on, Michael, don't be pathetic. Because he did that to him last time. Yeah, and I think he called him pathetic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. or he would have done something like that, but he wouldn't have let let it go that far. Mm-hmm. One to you know for their friendship because he's like, hey, I think he knows that that would be pretty devastating for for their friendship if he crossed that line. Right. Now let's play the hypothetical game, which you should never play, but we're going to play. I love that. Uh, I do too. So what if they did go through with this? If you are, do they have to tell Justin? If you're Justin, are you mad about this? Is this breaking the rules? Is this cheating? Yeah, because the rules is they're not, they not, they're not supposed to know anybody's name, which means it needs to be random people. It's not people from their circle. Um, so yes, they need to tell Justin because for one, don't be in my face getting and grinning and you didn't smash my man. Okay? Exactly. So that's bro code. Um, two, they break in the rules because you know his name, okay? Um, three, get out of my damn face if you messing with my man. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm living in your room. Well, I was living in your room. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, we go back now. Like, yeah. don't do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. uh-uh. Yeah, definitely tell Justin. Yeah, no, I think so, too. I think they definitely would have had to tell Justin. And I think I would, if I'm Justin, I would have been done with Brian. I mm-hmm. think that is the line that if you cross it, you don't get to come back from with me right (laughs) no seriously because and then like you just imagine how smug michael would be toward justin oh Oh, my god he would be insufferable he won he 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 would just ugh. i can't even imagine that look i know how he would even make me hate michael i know i can see the gleam in his eye now yeah yeah Mm. so i think if i'm justin and they did go through with that and especially i I don't care if brian was just doing it to prove a point like nah can't come back yeah, from that, dude. Yeah, no. That, that's over, baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Ted has gone to Melanie and Lindsay, and he's trying to get advice from them on what he should do about Garth and his proposal, his indecent proposal, if he should offer up poor Rexy to this <laughs> man. And Melanie and Lindsay, they're talking about exchanging wedding gifts or whatnot, but they say, Melanie tells them, you know, it's basically tit for tat in that world, and you just got to decide if you want to play the game, and that's just, that's the truth of it. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, so Debbie and Vic are now at the pharmacy, and they are pressuring this poor pharmacist to break all the HIPAA laws. All of them. <laughs> and share all of this patient health information. <laughs> this man has risked his whole license. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they convince him to share some information with them because Debbie is a very good detective. And... Uh, there's a prescription that was not picked up that could belong to the person that uh, Debbie's been looking for. Yep. 
Uh, then we see Ben show up at Michael and Emmett's apartment. He's there looking for Michael because Michael has ghosted him now. <laughs> Girl, I thought he was looking through the window at the comic book shop and saw it. Because the way he came to the apartment, yeah. he looked upset. He didn't look sad. He looked angry. Okay, yeah. so I was like, oh, girl. He saw, he went to the mm-hmm. he went to the comic book shop to go get Michael and bring him something to eat. And as he was getting there, I had a whole story. And as he oh, was getting there. Oh, I didn't there, even go there, yeah, but oh, I, I wish was I like, would Lord, have. Lord, girl. I was like, uh-uh. Yeah. But he came in just to spill some tea. And you know, Emmett and Ted was ready oh, yeah, for it, like, girl. Oh, you can talk to us. Yeah, it's come fine. On. <laughs> I'm like, y'all some mess-ass friends. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, I think if I'm, well, Ben is like not one to play these little reindeer games either. So he'd have been done. Mm-hmm. I think if he did walk by the comic book shop and see that, he'd have been done too. True. But yeah, he's just there to tell, well, he's looking for Michael and he tells them about, um, you know, a little bit about the situation with, with Michael. And so Ben asks, okay, well, just tell me, were they, were they lovers? Is that what the situation is? Is that why Michael is so upset about this? And Ted says, well, it would have been better if they were, if they had been, because that way Brian could have broke his heart and then Michael could have moved on and gotten over it instead All of, facts. instead of, you know, just what it has been, where mm-hmm. it's been this one-sided thing that Michael has been unable to to move past. Yep. And then, so now Ben has a better picture of what all is going on. Because remember, might have been the last episode is when he was like, hey, does Brian always kiss you like that? Oh, yeah. And then even before that, I think he picked up on something with them. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you're being all weird, finding out that we slept together two years yeah. ago. Uh-huh. And so uh-huh. now Ben is like, okay, now I have all the pieces He's putting it together. Yeah, I forgot about that. I forgot about mm-hmm. that kiss. You're mm-hmm. right. So back at the station, Debbie is there, and we have a name now. Jason Kemp. Mm. Jason Kemp is the name Debbie of... did that. Yes, yeah, she okay. did. Big ups to Miss Deb. Give Debbie the Citizen Award. Yeah, she needs it. <laughs> yeah. And give her a round of applause. Okay, yeah. come on, come through, Debbie. Come through. Yeah, she is in all this work and broken all these laws, but she has turned up with a name, and that's what matters. She has validated this person's existence. His name is Jason Kemp. Yep. Yeah. And I love how she's at the police station checking him. Yeah. Letting him know, I did your job. Here, you can finish the rest. I got his address. I got his name. Here you go. Yeah. And so he, we found out that he was living at Vaseline Tower and Detective Horvath, who should know all of these things like this about his town, says, you know, where is that? And then she says, it's where every young gay boy goes when he first gets to town. And just thinking about that just breaks my heart. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, well, it, it happens a lot. Yeah. I mean, with me working on the strip, I see a ton of young runaways, you know, yeah. people who like the community literally is their family steps up to take care of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not a true Debbie Debbie in that sense, but I mean, we're in a different time, you know, yeah. but for the most part, everyone is truly like a, a family. So on our strip, it's literally a baby Liberty Avenue. I love yeah, it. Yeah. Shameless plug here. Support any person or any organization that, that loves and provides for these teenagers. Mm-hmm. Like we do that with the LGBT um, centers, like uh, Centerlink. We do that with them. But any organization or any person that you know that is welcoming and embracing who these they teens, are. Mm-hmm. yeah, and who they are and how they are, please do your part to support them. So Ted is back with his uh, with his a gays, and Garth comes over, and we find out that he did set him up with Rex and. 
<laughs> on the one hand, I was kind of disappointed. But the other thing is, if he went over to Rex and was like, hey, Rex, this guy wants to meet you. You don't have to, but if you want to. Rex is grown. Rex is grown and can make his own decisions. Yeah. And he might be like, look, I got the student loan debt. Yeah, that part. <laughs> you know? And I wasn't mad at Ted. I was like, finally, do something for <laughs> you, okay? You always get the short end of the stick. All you're doing is playing matchmaker. Either he going to say yes or no. You put the <laughs> yeah. word out there. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, then you just kind of hope that Rex doesn't end up as the next Jason Kemp or whatever. Oh, well, yeah, well, we know. Well, mm, you know, rich people, they can dispose of the body. They You're right. can, yeah. yeah. So, uh, They've got know. ways of making the fingerprints disappear. For but, real. Okay. But anyway, so I get why, because, uh, you know, Ted's like, yeah, okay, you know, whatever, you're welcome. But then he gets a look at himself in the mirror, and he's not exactly happy with what he sees. And I can see why he... Well, he feels the way he's like, is that how I want to, like, I wanted to be here because I deserve to be here, not because I'm doing these shady and questionable favors mm-hmm. for these men, you know, and I definitely don't want to put myself or other people at risk. I mean, it was a hit to his integrity, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. He, he doesn't do things like that. He's a man of integrity. He's always done the right thing. Mine is getting caught masturbating at work. But, <laughs> yeah, um, mine is that. Right. But, you know, I can see he look in the mirror and he's like, do I even recognize this person? Yeah. Like, this is not me. Yeah. And I think that's kind of an under one of the underlying thing, themes in this episode. Like, who am I? I mean, you got that with Michael where Brian's like, I know your secret identity. Mm-hmm. Like, do you remember who right. you are? And then Debbie straight up trying to find out who, who this, Jason, who is, Jason uh-huh. is. And then you've got Ted like, okay. Who am I? Who am I willing? Who am I willing to be? How far am I willing to go? Just to, be, to fit in. Yeah, just mm-hmm. to fit in. And so that's a question that's being asked and being explored in, in different ways in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Michael comes back to Ben. Uh, comes back to Ben at Ben's apartment, and he comes back and he apologizes for taking off and for ghosting him. Uh, and he goes to grab a beer and he tells him that he has a past with with Brian. You know, even though it's been kind of one-sided, he admits he admits <laughs> that it matters to him that Ben was with Brian. And he tells him, you know, yeah, I have friendship feelings for him, but I also have love feelings for him and sexual feelings for him. And Ben's just kind of listening to this, and he looks like he's upset. <laughs> and I was like, why the hell is this man mad, okay? Yeah. Like, I'm the one who should be mad. Like, mm-hmm. you better wipe that look up off your face before I come across it. <laughs> but I think that there were confessions to be made on both sides. Just like we've said, okay, Ben and Brian could have told him sooner, maybe should have told him sooner. I think, Michael, if you're going to have Ben around Brian, I think that you've kind of... Hell no. No? Okay. Hell No. <laughs> I can have a crush on somebody, and I'm not acting on it. But I don't know that you can be like, oh, he just kisses me like that when he wants me to shut up, when you're wanting him to turn that into a full makeout session. Okay, yes, yes, (laughs) yes, yes, yes. But we can easily say that they've been kissing like that for 15 years, you know? like So that's just part of who they are, you know? So, and yes, he still wanted the full-on makeout session, but we knew Brian was never going to give him that. But Ben didn't know that. (coughs) You over here trying to choke me up and kill me. (laughs) No. Okay, hell no. He didn't have to disclose that, okay? No. Matter of fact, Michael didn't have to come home and confess nothing. All right, it's not about him and his feelings. It was about his friends and his lover not disclosing some vital information. Mm. Spilling that tea, that piping hot, that hotness. They didn't spill any of it. That Earl Grey, they didn't spill none of it, okay? Uh None of it. Okay, choking. I'll let you have it. Only because we got some other scenes. <laughs> I'll let you have this one, okay? Okay. No, yeah. You <laughs> better. You better. 
But Ben says, okay, I understand. And you're frustrated because I know him in a way that, that you don't. And, um, and then Ben also says, it's okay that you love him. You know, you had a life before I came along. And that's a very mature conversation. That's a very mature point of view also. I always said Ben was older than them. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I know he's supposed to be 33, but, I mean, he just seems way... I don't... Wise, he's way wiser. Yeah. He's definitely in the relationship department. Yeah, yeah, for real. Because I don't even know if I could even respond to it like that. Yeah. Like, I just... I don't know. But that was really wise. And I was like, oh, he just melts my heart. Yeah. When, again, when he says stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, and then he also says, well, that doesn't mean, like, even if we're still in love with other people, that doesn't mean that we can't love each other. I was confused by that. <laughs> I mean, I well, understand some it. some people have that, you know, where they have these relationships and for whatever reason, be it timing or be it just fit or whatever, they didn't work out, but there's still lingering feelings there. And then, but it's not enough to, for them to run back to that person or actually be with that person. And so then they find somebody and it is the right time or the right fit. It looks like you speaking from experience. No, I'm not. <laughs> uh, huh. Well, you know, I've only had one man, so I, I don't know the I don't know yeah. the story. You know, me and Brad been together forever in a day, so I don't know. But I, I know it confused me because I would hope that the person that I'm loving is in love with me. You right? Know? Yeah. I would hope that. You know, and I feel like I like Ben's perspective on this, but I don't think that everybody can have that perspective. And I think that that's okay. And I think it just kind of depends on where you're... And that doesn't make you a bad person if, like, let's say, you know, I appreciate where Ben is and I think that's what Michael needs because it's still going to take him a little bit of time. So as they're having this conversation, we do see Brian walk out of this image of Brian or whatever, this idea or symbol of Brian walks out the door, you're supposed to see closure. And even now he's dressed. Like, he's been naked with them the whole time, but now he's dressed, mm-hmm. you know, uh, fully clothed. There's nothing sexual here going on. And so he walks out the door, and that's definitely supposed to be symbolic of Michael trying to close that door. But that mm-hmm. doesn't mean that it's all gone, you know, overnight, necessarily. No, he's going to need some therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Brian had messed this boy up, okay? He definitely uh, needs to go see Dr. But Phil or somebody. anyway, so... Knowing that those lingering feelings are there and that Michael is going to see that person every day, I would also understand if maybe not Ben, but some other person was like, I'm going to have a little bit of issue with that. It's going to take me a little time to get past it, but I'm going to work on it. So, right, and right. I wouldn't fault that person no. if that's how they felt. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's really big of Ben to be where he is, but I wouldn't necessarily fault the person. If it was going to be a little bit more of a struggle for them. Right. I mean, because I can definitely see it being a little more of a struggle. Mm-hmm. Um because nothing is ever just black and white like that. You're just not going to move on over something like that. Yeah. Know? So, mm-mm. Yeah. Then we see Debbie, Vic, Jennifer, and Justin having dinner. And Molly is still at boarding school. She's <laughs> always, always at school. Yeah, girl. she stays at boarding school for, forever. They she just drop like, her little ass off. Yeah, she gets like one day out a That's year. it. Her <laughs> yeah. birthday. Yeah. That's it. And uh, the there's a knock at the door, and this is the detective. Uh, detective Horvath ha- shows up, and what's he- his last name? Horvath. It sounds like Horvath. Okay. <laughs> that probably was on purpose, mm-hmm. you know, knowing these writers. And so he shows up, and I think this is like a this is like an, a trade. You know, this is important to you, Debbie, and you came and brought me some very critical and crucial information. So I'm gonna and so I'm gonna it. yeah mm-hmm. I'm gonna return that and just acknowledge. You and your concern and just your efforts, I think that's that's what he's doing here. And he tells her that his mom OD'd in Tampa when he was four 
And then he bounced from foster home to foster home, and he landed on the streets at 18. So just a tough life from the start for poor Jason Kemp. Yeah, like he never really had a fighting chance. Because, mm-hmm. you, I mean, me personally, you and I, we have never been in the system, but we hear horrible stories about right. being into the system. Yeah, so, I worked for... I, yeah, I worked with um, kids in foster care as an ad litem for a time. Right, yeah. So, I mean, it's really tough. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're probably... Growing up with parents, you're insecure about yourself. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine being in foster care yeah. or just... Never you know, having a place where you belong. Yeah, really. you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, you know, he probably struggled with those demons. He could have easily been a drug addict, too, because of that, trying to fight those demons. We we don't know all of his backstory, you know, that led him down that road mm-hmm. uh, to be murdered. But knowing that, you know, his mom died at four... In and out of foster homes, you know what I'm saying? When you hit 18, they don't give a damn about you. They just right. kick you out on the streets. You a know? lot of times they, they don't have any any ID. They don't yeah. have you know have anything. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just kind of throw you out there to the wolves because you are legally a- of age now, you know? Right. And it's just, it's hard. So that's how he ended up at the Vaseline Tower, you know? Right. Well, that's what Horvath says. Like, in his apartment, he's like, you should have seen where he was living. There was no furniture there. There was nothing. It was just a mattress. You know, and I could just imagine mm-hmm. what, what that place looked like. Um, but yeah, I'm glad that he did that, that he showed up because he has been such a horrible human being, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, for the past two or three episodes and to show up now and to try to offer this to Debbie because she still doesn't feel like the job is done. They haven't found the murderer. They don't know what happened, but she, you know, she's, she's gotten closer because even at dinner, She's still a little bit down. Like, they're kind of celebrating, but she's still a little bit like, but the job's not done. Right. It's not over. But what I did um, like about this officer, we have never once heard Debbie give out her address to the officer. He remembered her name. He looked her up and came over and sought her out, you Mm -hmm. know? Like how she'd been ripping and running down to the police station. He came over to her house. Like, so he took those efforts. And then he made those efforts to go check on the information that she actually gave him, you know? So I think he's trying to right those wrongs. You know, her, her advocating for these lies opened his eyes. Like, you know what? I am supposed to be here to serve and protect, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe I should be doing a little more. I have civilians out here right. doing the things that I'm paid to do, you mm-hmm. know? So I think Debbie opened his eyes a little. Yeah, and it and it got him giving this person a name, did exactly what Debbie hoped it would. It got him to care. Like, he went and found out all this other information on Jason Kemp. Yep. Just because now the guy had a name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just love Uncle Vic. I love how Uncle Vic came in. He can st- he can feel the t- the tension. He knows what his sister is doing is important, but he also knows that his sister can be you know rough. Mm-hmm. So I love how he comes in and softens the blow. I'm like, hey, you know, my sister makes a wonderful um, pasta. You want to come in and eat? Like, invites him in. Like, you know, hey, yeah. you can be part of the family too. The gay community isn't bad. We're a family here. Mm-hmm. Everyone's invited. You know, and I-, I love how he switched that around. Yeah, because even in his way, he's like. You know you messed up. We mm-hmm. know you messed up, but you're trying to right that wrong. Yep. And so, okay, come on in. Yeah. Uh, and so we start and end at Babylon, and Ben and Michael are there dancing, and Brian shows up, and Ben offers to let Brian cut in. And the first are like, no, nah, it's okay. But then Ben's like, no, they need to talk. So he goes off to the bar, right. and he leaves them to talk. And in their very Michael and Brian way, they make up, you know, they're talking about some guy. Michael's like, oh, I had him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was a long time ago. Ages ago. I'm like, boy, yeah. this like, boy how is was... just now 18 yeah. now. So he's like, how was he? Uh, how was he? He's like, well, you know, I'm not going to tell you whatever. Yeah. You never heard of gay etiquette? Yeah. Yeah, it was And cute. so they're just like, okay, we, we had this little rough patch and it kind of is what it is, but. You know, we're back, and I love yeah. you. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's the thing about their friendship. Some people love their friendship. Some people are very frustrated by it. 
I I think it's real. Yeah, it's very real because it it definitely has some unhealthy elements. Yeah, but it does have some very loving elements, and they do understand each other in in some ways. Uh, That's it's not an ideal yeah. friendship, but it's a very realistic one. I think it's ideal because they grew up together, so they know each other's in and outs. They know what buttons to push. So. I think it's very real because they're going to have toxic moments when you know everything about that one person. Yeah. You spent every single day um, with that one person or whatever the case. You, you, you're you going to have some toxic moments. But what I love about them, they can fight. It can be a bad fight, but they always find a way to come back together. And that's a family. That's more than friends. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a family. And that's how Debbie saved him from his actual family. And I feel like they've always stuck together like brothers. So it doesn't really matter what really happens. Um, they will always find a way to come yeah. back. And yeah. I, I just love that about I think that they thrive when they do settle into that more brotherly love mm-hmm. thing. It's when those lines get crossed and get blurred that that's when things get unhealthy for them. Uh, but yeah, I definitely think that when they settle into that brotherly affection in that role, just being there for each other, that's where that's where they, they thrive. You mm-hmm. know? Because they do, in some ways, I don't want to say need each other because they, both be, they would both be fine without each other would learn to be fine without each other but that's how they work you know the, mm-hmm. they can complement each other in, in certain ways right yeah well um it was a very very interesting episode it had me all over the place i almost abused you so. <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, several times yeah but yeah it was a really good episode and guys we hope y'all enjoyed it as well and hope you enjoyed this commentary uh one thing i will say i missed seeing mr shickle this episode i know like, I we was like, needed him. Where That's is why he? Emmett was so like over everything and everybody. Yeah. He wasn't spending enough time with his man Mm-mm. this episode. He sure didn't. So I was like, and I was wanting him to go back and check Regina ass or Virginia ass one time. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I love that. Like I wanted to see them at the opera again. Yeah. And let, letting the fireworks go. But um, I hope you guys enjoyed it again. Remember, you have two weeks to get your questions in for our mailbags. Yes, okay? send them. I am already. We're already like stockpiling bottles of rosé. Yes. Of it. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. We only bring this content to you via the bottles of rosé. It, it <laughs> yes, loosens us up. All sponsored by rosé. Yes, yeah. it's all sponsored by rosé. So yes, so get the questions in, guys. We're looking forward to answering all of them. We're looking forward. If you have any questions or any feedback on this episode, you guys know what to do. Y'all know how to reach us. Um, just keep it interactive. And um, until next time, guys, we are out of here. Bye. Bye.